Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. The show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information to help you fulfill your big mission. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, on YouTube, and on my website at winnieanderson.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others, and I hope you'll decide to become a fan of the show on my site at winnieanderson.com fans. When you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox, along with information, tips, and resources to help you position and pre-sell yourself as the unique solution provider you are, and ultimately, to profit from your expertise, all while building a business in alignment with your faith, beliefs, and values. You know, if you've ever had an idea for something and didn't pursue it, you're definitely going to want to listen to this episode multiple times. And if you've ever worried about how you'd handle a growing business, you're going to definitely want to listen to this and take notes, which you can do by getting the worksheet for this week's episode at winnieanderson.com slash bomb. All right, so I get suggestions about people to interview on a fairly regular basis, and I often find that the person just isn't really a fit. So when a PR rep I didn't know reached out to me and suggested today's guests for the show, I was skeptical to say the least. Yes, I said guests. This is actually a twofer. Isabel and Caroline Burkall are the sisterpreneurs behind the Bomb Bath Fizzers. The two young inventors got their start in 2012 when they were, get this, 10 and 11, respectively. They liked using bath bombs themselves, but weren't crazy about how the bombs sometimes left their skin or their tub feeling, so they created their own. They started giving them as gifts and discovered the bombs were so popular, they started selling them. The rest, as they say, is history. Today, they're the faces of a multi-million dollar family business that employs their parents and about 150 people in their community. The girls are actively involved in marketing and running the company, and in this interview, we discuss the challenges of running a growing company while you're not old enough to sign a contract. Trust me, these girls have big lessons for all of us, and the episode is full of insightful nuggets that these teens share. So listen in as we discuss how they grew their business from idea to initial investment of $25 to to millions of dollars in revenue. They'll share their approach to differentiating their product, and this might surprise you. It certainly surprised me. They share the challenges of running a family business and how they managed to get some downtime, the power of and importance of branding, especially in a crowded market, and what surprised them about running a business that might seem like a negative, but they ended up seeing it as a positive. As always, listen all the way to the end, where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, Isabel and Caroline, I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Really excited. You are welcome. You are welcome. Your story is just amazing, and I'm sure by now you're probably sick to death of hearing that. But so, you know, I will have 
I'll share all of that with the folks on the the introduction, but let's just dive right into how you actually started producing this. It, was this like some kind of science project, was it, or it, this was something that you had started as a hobby? How did you know to, to go to this event that you went to and start selling them? How did you know that was going to work? Yeah, so it actually just was because we were bored one summer, honestly. <laughs> okay. and, um, growing up, we loved using bath bombs, but we found that most of the time they would leave us feeling really gross and sticky. And there would sometimes be a ring around the tub, which was not fun for us. So we decided to improve the product and make our own bath bombs. And so we started experimenting in our basement. We took different recipes and formulas and um, kind of mixed them together and did a lot of experimenting. And we started kind of giving them to our friends and asking them, oh, try this out, try that out. And finally, um, one of our friends recommended the Uptown Art Fair, which is where we started. And so that kind of led us to the art fair where we um, spent the whole summer making bath bombs and then finally went to the art fair and sold them. Okay, that's fantastic. So you started the way a lot of people do. This was really something that you had, you had a problem with. It wasn't good enough for you, right? So you started to improve it, and you gave it as gifts. It really, people loved it, and and it really obviously blossomed from there to this. Just how big is your business now? As as much as you're comfortable so we're sharing. Currently in uh, over, we're in all fifty states, and we're in over uh, how many stores? Twelve thousand stores. Yep. We currently produce six hundred and fifty thousand bath bombs per month as well. That is crazy. And how many employees do you have? We have over 150. On the one hand, that's crazy. And on the other hand, that must be so fantastic to be able to provide meaningful employment for people in your area. Yeah, it is. It's really cool because not only do we employ over 150 people, but um, the impact of our business also spreads to other places in our community, like, you know, the people who sell us baking soda or the people who sell us the other ingredients to use in your bath bombs or our designer, you know, um, it, it's also impactful on other people that we don't necessarily directly employ, but that we work with as well. Right, right. And, you know, there are all kinds of formulas that talk about the power of that small business dollar and how it really does ripple out into the economy and benefit just, you know, potentially millions of people as that single dollar in wages expands into, you know, every dollar you pay somebody then goes out into that person's market as well as they buy food and supplies and raise their family too. So, yeah, it's, it's a really a great lesson that you end up learning is the power of the impact of that business makes. So that's really fantastic. So, so when did you first really recognize that you were onto something? I mean, I know that the art fair went really well and you were able to pay your your folks back, um, and it it kind of blossomed. But when did you really start to notice that, you know what, this is out of control. We've really got a business here. I think it was the second art fair, the second year of the art fair. Okay. And we we had just sold some bath bombs to a very special customer, and the next day he came back and he said, I want your bath bombs to be in my salon. And we thought, oh my goodness. So we're not just limited to this one art fair. We can go further. And I think that's one of the main reasons that Caroline and I were able to do this is because 
first of all, we were we were offered that opportunity. And we're really grateful for that. For that. Right. Second of all, we were fearless. We we saw that there was no end to the limits that we could um, conquer, even though we were so young. And I think we were also kind of not necessarily reckless, but we we weren't as afraid or maybe cautious. And I think that really that saved us and it taught us a lot of lessons too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, when I was learning about your story, I, I, it re- kind of reminded me and what you just, what you just said kind of reminded me of being on the ski slopes. I first went skiing when I was in my, I guess it was my mid twenties. And that's like the wrong time to learn how to ski, right? Because you know and you know what's going to happen if you fall. And here are these little four-year-olds, you know, darting in and around me. You just want to knock them over. But it's that, that brave spirit that I think only youth provides. So I absolutely applaud you for really recognizing it and, and truly taking advantage of that. So what... What do you think are some of the mistakes that you did make that you are able now to recognize and that you were able to correct and course correct along the way? Hmm. Well, first, it was just, it was difficult because, you know, bath bombs are awesome, but they're very, very, very difficult to get the recipe right. And we spent years experimenting until we got our current recipe, which is the best recipe that we could find. We wanted to keep it simple. We knew that. We also knew we wanted it to be good for you. We didn't want it to have a bunch of harmful chemicals in it. Right. We wanted there to be a surprise inside because we needed our products to be unique in order to be competitive in this very large bath and beauty market. Right. So um, the main challenge, I think, was getting that formula down and just learning that not everything goes your way and you need to, like, learning how to mitigate those risks and calculate how you can better... Um, predict these things in the future and not everything is predictable. We still run into crisis crises every day, but the only thing that matters is as long as you fix those problems and then the result is the good results outweigh the bad ones. Right. Right. Yeah. Amen on that. So, so let's talk about that differentiation and you're right. It is a very crowded market. I can't imagine somebody saying, oh, I'm going to sell bath bombs. It's not like you're the only one. But of course, you also know that, you know, I have a mentor who says it's not good to be a pioneer because, you know, you're the only one and you're trying to convince people, oh, this is awesome. So on the one hand, it's great that it was a crowded market. So when you first started to make them for the art, art fair, you knew then that you needed to have something unique? Well, I think anytime you want to go someplace and make a splash, no pun intended, yeah. <laughs> you can't come and you can't, you have to be the black sheep. You can't be, and, th- and I think in this case, we were, we were, we kind of subconsciously did this, but we very consciously knew that we wanted to do something different than everybody else. Okay. So, you know, in this large market, how are you going to make yourselves different? Well, what does everybody like? Surprises. How old were we? 10, 11 years old. I think we were the market. You know, like we knew what we wanted and we knew what we liked. We thought, oh, other girls our age would love this too. So So let's go back to this issue of the growing pains, the making mistakes, that sort of thing. You know, we've all got growing pains, uh, as you well mentioned, with making the corrections along the way. But, you know, 
I can't imagine you're trying to manage demand, right? You've got to make enough to sell enough to have enough in stock. How did you manage to start to know that? Is there is there somebody else on staff who has that kind of a mind, or are you guys numbers folks and you were able to figure that out? To me, that's an absolute, that's fascinating. I, I could never figure that out. Well, I think one, something that really helped is my sister and I, we get along together really well. Okay, good. Not everyone can say. Um, we like doing what the other person doesn't like doing, vice versa. And um, we we can we know when to step up when we need to step up, which okay. I think is something that is really important to starting a successful business because, you know, it's not all rainbows and sunshine. There's a lot of hard work involved. Right. And I think one of the things that people miss at first is they just think you have this lavish lifestyle and there's no hard work. And so to answer your question, um, the, the risks that we were calculating and the um, inventory that we were looking at, a lot of that has to do with bringing on eight people in the very beginning while we were at school okay. and they would help us make the bath bombs and also bringing on my parents because we were so lucky that we have supportive parents and um, we support each other like all the time and we're day and night, but we get, we get along so well, Good. but there were some things that we yeah. couldn't do because of our age mm-hmm. too. And we need to, oh, yes. mm-hmm. yeah, like sign a contract, right? Uh, you can't, you can't sign a contract because you're not, you're not old enough. So you absolutely needed somebody who could be able to do that. Right. Yeah. And I think I think once our parents started recognizing that it was more than just a hobby and that we were serious about it, right. that's when they and they've always been supportive, but that's when they really thought, okay, this is worth considering for all of us um, right. and having a family company. I think they recognized the passion that Caroline and I had for doing this and we're just really lucky that they were able to help us. And I think we yeah. us as a family, we were driven to make this work because, you know, we had each other and we didn't want to let each other down. It's a little different when, you know, you're working with a friend, but when you're working with a family, there's really something special about that. Yeah, you're, uh, you're dead on. I mean, yeah, you absolutely are. And, uh, you know, I won't kid you, that's a fantasy that I have. You know, my, my, I have two sisters and, and a brother. And my big dream is that someday my business will be big enough that hey, I can hire my sisters part time. I got to hire somebody, right? So I might as well hire them. And yeah, I'm close to my sisters too. So, uh, which is another reason why I love your story. I, I, I would really love to have that same kind of experience with my sisters. So, so good for you. But at the same time, I always think, oh, geez, these, these family-run businesses, there is no escaping. So let's talk a little bit about self-care as, uh, as we grown-ups say. So obviously, you guys got to go to school. That's not exactly self-care. And you have your own activities, right? You have your, your, I think you guys are all in, are in sports, right? Yeah, so we do track and field, which is actually going on right now, right. and um, we do like house soccer sometimes, and we used to figure skate too. Oh, and then I free run. <laughs> so I run around the lake, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Involved in something. I made that sport up. Okay. <laughs> right, so now it is a thing, right? I free run. So yeah. how do, look, you know, can we talk about that? How do you and your whole family manage to decompress from the business? Do you have times when this is a no shop talk 
moment, we're all going to, you know, have this time where we're going to let the business go? Or does it really feel like sometimes it's all consuming? You know, we try, but at times it <laughs> definitely feels like it's all consuming yeah. because no matter what we're doing, we're always working. We will be at school and then I'll look over my shoulder and I'll quickly answer an email <laughs> and, <laughs> and we'll get in the car and we'll, we'll already be on a call with our surprise provider. Right. And then we'll get to the office and then there'll be somebody who needs some bath bombs for a donation and we'll say, okay, um, can we do that? And then we'll go home at night and over dinner, we'll have a conversation about product development. And it's every, it's so many different things every single day, which is yeah. so amazing about owning a business because I get bored so easily. So yeah. if I had to do a job, I'm sure you understand this too. I'm sure you get all sorts of different stories, but yeah, if I had to do one thing, I'd probably go crazy. So it's really great, but you're right. It's all consuming and you have to, you my advice for that is to really like what you're doing because mm-hmm. it, and really like what you're selling as well. If I would, I would be yeah. not even half as passionate about this if I was selling toilet paper mm-hmm. if, as instead of bath bombs, you know? Yep. And if you Maybe love toilet paper, toilet yeah, paper, if you yeah. love toilet paper, go sell toilet paper. <laughs> but I like um, bath and beauty industry and that really helps me. And also to put yourself into your brand because then you feel good about how you're being true to yourself and how you're putting yourself out there. And in a way the business just becomes a part of you. You don't need to think about, a, you don't need to think about it as something that consumes your life. You can think about it as something that makes your life better. Yeah. Amen. Wise words and really dead on. And I think that one of the, I think that point is one of the big shockers for people who go, I'm going to start a business. Mm-hmm. And they think, because what does everybody say? I'm going to start a business because I want more freedom, right? That's typically the, the thinking. You must be nuts then because you're just doing the wrong thing, right? Because exactly, it is all consuming. No matter what your business is, no matter how much time you think I'm going to decompress, you can't turn your brain off. And if you really are truly passionate and driven about whatever it is you do, and I actually do know a multimillionaire who sells designer toilet paper, believe it or not, he's crazy about it. He is crazy about it. And hey, God bless him. Fabulous. Yeah. Somebody's got to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's really awesome. And I'm, and I'm, I think that you've, you've hit on some really key issues you got to love it. You got to love who you're doing it with. And then as entrepreneurs, the brand really is you. So when did you first to start thinking about this element of branding, which of course most people think about as just the logo or the packaging, but we know that it's much, much more than that. When, when did that start to come into the mix? I would say that was actually one of the first things yeah. we did once we established ourselves as a Yeah, we knew, um, like Isabel mentioned earlier, we knew we had to have a product that would uh, be different from everyone else's and would attract people's attention. And we've noticed that a lot of times um, people use white packaging, which is really pretty. Yeah, for bath and body. Or maybe brown or all natural. mm -hmm. We wanted to make a, like a big pop on the shelf. So, yes, we decided to stick with black packaging, but make the colors pop. Um, The packaging that we came up with, we worked with a designer, and um, we knew what we wanted to do, but we knew that investing in a designer would be a great decision for us personally, uh, just to get 
the wheels turning. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can get someone to pick your product up off the shelf, you're already halfway there because okay. you've gotten their attention and you know, they have a personal connection to it. Mm-hmm. And that's our goal is to share our products with people that believe in us. <laughs> That's no, that's exactly right. I, I used to work at an, a branding agency and I would create materials that people had to touch and then could not get rid of. So I hate doing brochures. Like, is there anything more boring than a brochure? Yeah. So I would create these brochures that you had to fold and unfold specifically wow. because I wanted somebody to touch something. Like I would create this brochure of it on one side was the information but on the other side it then folded and it was a stand-up calendar mm-hmm. you know so now it's looking at you so yeah you're right people have to touch it and so I went and looked for your for your stuff and which is fabulous by the way I've used it loved it uh, but yeah that, so I'm looking at a C right one whole um, row of assorted bath bomby kind of stuff right mm-hmm. at Ulta and that black rack jumped right out at me and made it, I'd obviously I'd been to your website and I'd seen your, your product, but then to be able to see it on the shelves and clearly stand out because, you know, I was looking at a sea of pastel. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I was really looking at. So to have your packaging be very, very simple is exactly what you're saying. So it really did achieve its goal, especially for me. It just stood right out and I was easily that easy to, to identify and easy, easily able to select the one that I wanted because the naming also was important, which so many people miss, making your naming very clear so that people can see it and it fits clearly on your packaging. So I think a lot of people do not invest in, a, in an effective designer. They try and cut corners and a giant mistake. Yeah, and, you know, we actually haven't invested in much. We, we started with 25 bucks. and I know. We- parents back right. and we um, we invested in a designer as well and then we didn't even pay ourselves at first because we you know yeah. and we would work all the time and it was kind of a sacrifice at first but we made that sacrifice and look at us now we have this big fancy business and you know there's still a lot of hard work and you know I think there's room on the market for both the pastels and the simple bright big packaging but I think that there just wasn't anything for the consu- for that type of consumer at the moment. And, you know, it could just depend on the day. Maybe you're feeling pastel one day. Maybe you're feeling bright another day. But I think we needed to have something out there for that type of consumer. Yeah, and I think what else makes yours stand out, besides the quality and the things that you've already mentioned, is this little thing inside. I love to give gifts. I'm a baker, so um, you know, I'll make them fudge or I'll make them cookies, and I'll send them a little little thank you. And to the thought of you know, you've already put the thank you in there, so I could send them right something from you, and then they've got this little memory that oh, that's where that came from, you know. So I really think that is a, a tremendously powerful differentiator, and it really does resonate with just the right market, which is, and I call that a slice of a slice. So it's why you can have this big pizza of a market, and you can carve out your own unique place in it. So you guys really have done a great, great job in in thinking this through, and then you know, hitting those bumps in the road and being able to navigate past them. So I would love to know 
couple of things. One, is this, is this it for you? Or do you think there's going to be an opportunity to, you know, do you see yourself as inventors, I guess is my point. Will there be other related products or are you going to exhaust this, do you think, you know, continue to expand that, the bath bomb market? So I, I think we've always been very creative um, and we've loved experimenting with different things. So we actually are working on a few things now that we want to um, create new products um, because we love bath bombs, but we know that people are looking for something new. And so that's in the works right now in the development process. Yeah, we came out with a book and we came out with a bath bomb called the Glow Bomb and yeah. came out with some new stuff recently. Mm-hmm. And I think um, to your other question, uh, I can't really escape the inventing part of my brain. I'll be, I'll be places and I'll be like, wow, that'd be really cool if that was there. And, you know, I would have 50 businesses if I didn't have to work hard. At a time. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I can't, no matter what I do, I'm always going to have that mindset of how mm-hmm. can I solve this problem? How can I improve this? Right. And just my nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think whatever I do in life, that's really going to help me. And this business has just taught me that when I have those ideas, I can cultivate that. And just because you have an idea doesn't mean it's just an idea. You can bring it to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the business has also brought us so many different directions, too. So it's opened up opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, um, I don't know if you caught it, but we're coming out with a book, which is really exciting. Awesome. Called Fizz Boom Bath. And there's over 100 different recipes that you could do at home because that's where we started. And we feel like that's a really great way sure. to get or if you just want to make bath bombs, mm-hmm. um, face masks, you know, sugar scrubs for fun, you can do that too. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah, I think one of the challenges that, and obviously you started to see this, is I, I think of it as popping the top off of that creative end in your brain, and suddenly you've got a million different ideas, and then the challenge also becomes what fits the brand and what is just a distraction because if, as you say, if, if you followed every idea that you had, you'd be chasing and building 50 different businesses rather than fully growing the one you have. So is there, is there any process that you follow even informally to kind of vet an idea? Should we do this or should we table it or just forget it? Well, something that we did in the beginning was a little exercise where we created our brand and we came up with key words that we and key values that we knew that we wanted to have and respect yeah and going back to your earlier question about um, can we balance everything and my answer was putting yourself into the brand if you stay true to yourself then you'll always know that what your brand is and if you can't do that well maybe you come up with maybe not necessarily not an alter ego but a, a secret identity for the business. So you, you picture yourself in a different way when you're thinking about the business and you know, don't be fake, don't change, but maybe come up with a character that yeah. like, who do I think of when I think of my, like who, what consumer do I think of? When I think of who's using my products or my services. Yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's a great way to put it. And I think you do, it's this fine blending, isn't it? Of you and yeah, this alter ego, this person, this superhero that you want to be that is building this business, right? And and it really is this dance of 
I've got to be true to myself, of course, but, you know, maybe your alter ego is Oprah or something like that, and and you're constantly putting yourself in, you know, tying your cape on, and that's the way I think of it as, and, and really building yourself up and, and bringing yourself into that bigger person, so that's really well said. You know, I'd love to hear, though, your thoughts on running a business and what you know now that maybe you wish you knew when you when you started out or that was a big surprise to you um something i'm so glad i didn't know is how hard of how much work it was going to be because yeah. if i would have known that i'm not saying i wouldn't have started it but it probably would have been a little bit discouraged because of knowing how those times could be when you have to make those sacrifices and put yeah. in the hard work. But then I also wish I could, I could have known what the benefits could have been because like the things that we get to do, the things that we've learned at our age, it's crazy. No one else our age, well, they're entrepreneurs or other people who do great things, which there are people like that out there. Um, but the average teenager or the average person of our age doesn't, doesn't know that. And I wish I could share that with everybody because the experience that we've gained, I feel so lucky and I feel a little bit selfish sometimes because I wish I could, but I think it's, you need to use your power and your influence. It's okay, Caroline. You need to, you need to use your power and your influence um, to do good things and to make a difference. Okay. Yeah. No. Quite all right. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I, you know, there are people my age who don't know what you know. And it took me a long time to, to learn what you know. So, yeah, I think it is a great, tremendous opportunity. And the difference that you guys could, could potentially make, again, that could ripple out is really powerful when you stop to think about it. I mean, you're, you know, whether you want to think of yourselves this way or not, you're role models, really, for people your age and and people beyond your age to to show them what really is possible you know there are lots of of women my age who think boy if only i had known back then you know i would have made some different choices maybe not that we want to beat ourselves up because everything contributes to who we become and you know flower blooms when it's ready but at the same time yeah you have tremendous opportunity to make a really even bigger impact than you're already making. So I'm excited for you and I'm, I'm excited to, to know you. I, I'm thrilled to have been able to have this chance to talk with you. So where should people go if they want to learn more about you, if they want to find your stuff, where do you want to send them? I would like to send them to, to bombfizzers.com, which is where, which is our website. Right. Uh, yeah. And it's really cool. Um, I just want to mention something really quick about the giving back. We started giving back with the Earth Bomb when we first made it in, I'm not sure what year it was, but towards the beginning of our business. Mm-hmm. And you can actually, um, if you buy the Earth Bomb, you can, uh, we donate part of the proceeds to cleaning up the world's oceans. So that's our start to giving back. But I'd like to be able to do a lot more in the future. Mm-hmm. And then that's we great. also, um, Isabel mentioned this earlier, but we have our Glow Bomb coming out. And so um, if people are watching this and they want a little promo um, thing, we would like to give free shipping on orders of $30 or more um, whenever people go to, yeah, check it out. And so then all you have to do is go to debombfizzers.com and the code is C-E, capital C-E, 
free ship 2018. All right. Awesome. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. That's very generous of you. And of course, we're going to have all those links right in the show notes. And we'll have links to all the other ways that you can keep track of the girls and get in touch with them and, and uh, find out what next adventure they've got going on with their company. And it's just been such a great pleasure to talk with you guys. I'm, I'm so happy to meet you. And I uh, can't wait to watch the next step in the journey. All right. I hope you found that interesting. It was a fun conversation and it will be exciting to watch them and their business grow. Now, be sure to visit winnieanderson.com slash bomb to get the show notes, links to the resources mentioned, and get the worksheet for this week's episode, which will include your reflection exercise and action step. And remember, the girls shared a discount code that will get you free shipping on an order of $30 or more. If you like what you heard, please leave a great review for the show and this episode on the platform where you consumed it. And please share the episode and the show with your contacts and community. All right, so your cocktail exercise, also known as a reflection exercise. No alcohol needs to be involved. Don't drink and drive. Don't overindulge. All right, so it was actually hard to come up with a single reflection exercise for this episode because these young ladies gave us so much to think about. But I think the biggest issue I want to focus on is this issue of differentiation. Caroline and Isabel were sharp enough to know from the start they needed to be unique in a crowded market. While we may cognitively know that, the challenge is in identifying what makes you unique and then communicating that in a powerful way. And having that be important enough for your audience to choose you over the competition. Now, just like they're not the only ones producing bath bombs, they're not, there's not a one of us who is the only one doing the work that we do. But what makes us unique is our personality, our point of view. Our point of view is made of our beliefs, philosophy, approach, and values. It's how we see the world and see the problem that we solve. But what we often end up doing is allowing fears to get in the way of embracing and communicating that point of view because we're afraid of repelling people. That causes us to be too white bread and really indistinguishable from the others in our industry segment. It ends up actually making us work harder to get noticed and to get clients. It makes it hard for people to choose us because they can't see the difference between us and the so-called competition. And when that happens, people will choose based on price. It's the easiest thing for them to recognize and for them to understand. We spend our lives trying to fit in, especially in the places where we used to work. And here we are now trying to stand out. So this can be incredibly challenging for us. And for those of us who are introverted or private people, that can be actually painful. So I want you to really reflect on what you do, what you offer, the transformation that you offer. And you have to ask yourself, are you honestly truly unique in your industry segment? If not, then you must identify your unique difference, and most importantly, you have to embrace it and communicate it. All right, here's your action step. As usual, this is really more than one step, but I want you to do some research into your competition. I want you to look at their messaging specifically and their websites. I want you to do some research into what they're saying and in what they offer and how they offer it. 
what do people praise them for? I know we have a tendency to look to gurus for the answer to what we should be doing and how we should be doing it, but often that answer was right for them and right for them at that time when it worked. I want you to ask yourself what you really want to get across to your audience and what's keeping you from getting that message out there and getting it out there in a powerful way. And your action step then is to identify all the ways that you're unique. Then identify the beliefs behind that. Why do you do what you do and do it in the way that you do it? What do you think the gurus are missing? Now, just like the girls indicated, you're talking to a specific audience and the more clear you can be on who that audience is and what drives them, the better job you can do at communicating in a way that resonates with them and creating offerings they truly want. Just like the girls were their audience initially, it's very likely that you are your audience or you were at one point. Tune into that and really feel what led you to to go into this business and do the work that you do. Because you saw a need, you saw what was being done, and you recognized that there was something wrong about that. Just like the girls recognized there was something wrong with the bath bombs that were out there and they knew they wanted something different and they were pretty sure that other people would want that something different as well. On my site at winnieanderson.com slash bomb, you'll find this episode along with the show notes and resources. One of those resources is a worksheet that you can use to capture your thoughts on your reflection exercise and on your action step and really think through the lessons that Isabel and Caroline shared with us. I'll be adding worksheets for all show episodes moving forward. Fans of the show will automatically get these worksheets as I add them to the back catalog as well as for the new episodes. So if you'd like to not have to worry about remembering to opt in to get those worksheets, be sure to become a fan of the show at winnieanderson.com slash fans. Are you ready to become a courageous entrepreneur? Are you a mission-driven, introverted coach or consultant who's ready to break free from underachieving, under-earning, and playing small? Are you ready to break through to the next level of success? If you're ready to get the support, accountability, and guidance you need in a community of like-minded professionals, then consider joining the Courageous Entrepreneur Club. The club is made of small groups of no more than 10 people each who are solo professionals and entrepreneurs who receive coaching, accountability, and support from me and from each other as they move forward to come out of hiding, achieve the goals that they otherwise would lose focus on, and generally take their business to the next level of success. Group enrollment happens at specific times during the month. If you want to learn more, go to winnieanderson.com slash join the club. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. Remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.